This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Chenez. This is our post-match show of Fulham's massive victory, 3-1 to victory at Goodison Park on Saturday. Giannis and I are going to break this down in probably the next 45 minutes to an hour. It's good that we can actually talk about a victory, Giannis. We were just talking about off-air, that it's been a while since you've been on the show. So welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. And it's nice to it's nice to get a win. I, I I wasn't on. I've not been on since before the United game, and I'm I've calmed down. It's taken me a few weeks to get there, but uh, it was a good win yesterday. And who doesn't like a nice bit of toffee? I mean, really, had to you know I had to destroy some toffees yesterday, and uh, it was a good win for us. And uh, and it was it was it was overdue. It was needed. Absolutely, my friend. It certainly was needed. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other forum supporters find us. Giannis, if maybe you could just turn up your audio just a tad. We just want to hear just a little louder Mm -hmm. because we certainly have a lot for you to say. I know you have a lot to say about this. Before I get into getting your thoughts on the victory, I was thinking about this, and you would know Fulham's history much better than myself. Fulham did beat Everton at Goodison Park two seasons ago, but that was without fans. This is the first time that they've won with fans. I want to say, was it 1959, something crazy like that? Do you know how long it's been since Fulham have won at Goodison Park with fans? I think it's something like 16, 17 games before. Yeah, before. it's a, it, Everton... Uh, a bit of a bogey side, but certainly that's a bogey venue. That's one of those, oh, Lord, we're going up there. We're not going to get anything. Burnley are a little bit like that. Right. Um, Goodison Park's a really nice stadium, and, and the, the fans are really close to the players. And they're rambunctious. Um, they've got a bit of an edge about them because, you know, the second team in Liverpool. And they're very, very passionate fans. And um, they're very demanding of their players, demanding of their club. So this must be a difficult time for them because the thought, if you look at their running, the thought of them going to the championship is scaring the bejeevers out of the, the club. But having said that, we've seen what's happened with Burnley, bouncing back as quickly as they're going to do. It's not necessarily a bad thing when you get relegated. We're proof positive of that. Absolutely, Giannis. Very good point for you to bring that up. But I was thinking the same thing. They're building this brand new stadium, and this is probably – their worst nightmare that they might get relegated. We'll see how this all plays out for Everton. It's so close near the bottom, but uh, listen, Fulham have been relegated. It's hard for me to have sympathy for other clubs since we've been through it. But I think that their situation is kind of unique because of the new stadium, the history. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot on the line for Everton, but this isn't about Everton. This is about Fulham. So let's just get your opening thoughts on this victory, my friend. I got to be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised, and we're going to talk about why I was surprised in a bit when we talk about what Marco decided to do because I thought he was just going to do what he's done before. 
He did change things up. Give me your thoughts on the victory. It was a good victory. And I think it was it was um it was a it was a clever victory because he needed to the problem with putting Venetius up front is that Venetius's first touch hasn't been great. He's not been good at holding the ball. We know what Mitro can do. And whether you put Keane with Tarkovsky or you put Tarkovsky with Cody or Keane with Cody, they're pretty they're a big but not very mobile central two. Now Coleman was going to be injured and you've got, you know, um um, oh my good god, Mikalenko on the left. Yep, not the quickest back four. So I had a feeling he might make a couple of changes. I wasn't sure what he was going to do, but play the BDR in the false nine role. Um, something like that. Was Diop going to come back in? Was Tete going to come back in for Cedric? And I still don't know why he did that last week. Still scratching my head. Um, but I, I saw the lineup. I thought, okay, this looks a little bit more expansive. James is going to provide some speed. Wilson's really got a chance to prove, you know, what he's not been able to do this year. Um, Tete's back in the lineup. It's got more pace. And when I saw their lineup, I thought, oh, you've got Mope up front. I mean, he's really, he's, it's been a disaster for them with him up front. And I thought, you know, we might get something out of this, except if Pickford has one of those days. Right. Um, and, and he didn't, but um, you know, Lineup, lineup was decent. I thought, well, let's go there and have, and have a go. Let's go and have a go, and we did, and we played well, and and it was um, it was what it was fun to watch. Okay, excellent. I'm just going to share some comments from the foam supporters as we get into this, and also from our friend Chris Goodwin, who's a Liverpool supporter, so he's enjoying this. Let's just say what it is. Chris shares a Premier League stadium for the championship. I love that. Thank you, Chris, for sharing that. This is from Carl Tanner. Our bench players came up big this match we'll talk about that you are 100 percent right there carl mm. this is from our friend Colm. he went with pace and that was the deciding factor as was leno's save against mope great points from Colm there our friend wayne walden hi russianis just like to say that every foam player yesterday gave it 100 percent. totally agree wayne totally agree and that's what we're going to focus on in this show we're going to focus on what Fulham did so, Giannis, before we talk about the starting 11, obviously we will go deeper into the decisions made. But here's the thing, and we already talked a little bit about this. You mentioned this with BDR point of false nine roll. They tried that before. I want to say that was against Brighton, correct? Where he yes. tried it yes. against Brighton. Didn't really come off. It didn't really work. I want to say he pretty much did it again, this time with Dan James. So did his plan B... Did he find, Marco, his plan B? Do you think this could potentially work moving forward? Is this an alternative when you don't have Mitro in there and Vinicius really can't replicate what Mitro does? You have to change things up. Is this the plan B? It could be, and it would would have been plan C had Vinicius actually done his job. You'd have said, okay, well, Vinicius could be a natural front target, but it, it hasn't worked. So what he did yesterday was the plan C. And that plan C has become plan B because we went out and with pace. It was good to see. This is one of the things about Kenny Tete that people really take for granted. When he goes on those marauding runs, he's the decoy. And for someone like Wilson, when you've got that decoy, you're dragging. You're inevitably going to drag defenders across if he cuts into his left. And that's where Mikolanko had an all sorts of trouble. Tete was playing these blindsided runs, and, and nobody knew what was going on. That's what led to the shot that led to the goal. Right. Um, the the goal by Harrison Reed, and it was it was good to see. I don't know if um, – I think if one thing, it shows that we still need – we do need more depth. It's going to be an important summer for Marco and the boys in terms of how we upgrade. Um, but it, it was – there were encouraging signs against a team. I thought Everton took us lightly yesterday. I think playing 4-5-1 – at home in a game that's winnable sends a really poor message that, you know, we're going to try and keep it tight. Fulham struggling five games on the bomb and not, you know, playing in and out and you play Mope up front and that's the best you can do. It was, it was disappointing to see that I'd say from a neutral perspective, because it sent the intent that we don't know necessarily whether we can, we can go four, five, one, and maybe we'll, we'll knock them over. And it didn't work. They were never at the races yesterday. They weren't, Yanis, but I do want to mention, because I think it's significant to talk about, after Foam scored their goal, 
Sean Dyche did change things up and he moved mm. the pieces of the puzzle around and that I think led to their little spell in the first half, their goal from Dwight McNeil. But overall, Fulham had the answers. And uh, I want to ask you about this. I was speaking to a friend offline and obviously there's focus on the fact that Marco's not on the touchline. So I'm going to just bring this up. Is it possible? And I've been giving this some serious thought. I know I follow and you follow the NFL. And when you have coaches up in the box and they can see more things, they can see the field better. Is it possible because Marco's not on the touchline that maybe he got a little bit of an edge? He saw something different that maybe we saw a little change at halftime. I'm curious your thoughts on this. I don't see much talk about the vantage point of, say, when a manager goes off and he's still able to watch the match, but he's higher up and he can see more of the pitch. Maybe he can see more patterns. Is this something that potentially was an unexpected advantage for Fulham here? I'm curious your thoughts on this. Well, I thought, I mean, Deitch made really good adjustments in the middle of the first half when he flipped, you know, Iwobi to come in the middle and put McNeil um, out wide on the right. That worked well. What you're alluding to is is the rugby direction. This is what right. rugby does. Um, with the NFL, you got obviously you got you got coordinators often not the in, in the booth, but in rugby you don't see invariably at high level you don't see them up down downstairs. They're up they're up in their you know the little booth or slot, and I think it gives a different vantage point. It's like um, you know being dropped. You're a player and you're not playing one, and you get dropped. And suddenly, from the the sideline, you see a different angle. You see little, you see different little things. And he had um, Lemonakis up there in the in in the stands with him yesterday, and obviously seen something. And as he said afterwards in the in the post, he said, "Well, you know, I can go in the changing room. I did the pre, da da da. Just I can't be on the bench." And I think it's a lot more. It's less stress inducing because you can look at it. The game from more of a macro level than micro, and I think that helped him. At half time, he's probably gone in and said, "Look, they've got the goal, they've got a bit of momentum. First 10-15, they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink. Just stick to what you've got, because we're giving them real trouble, uh, especially with pace, and they're going to make mistakes because that back four are a mistake away." You know, every five seconds, they've got Pickford. Without Pickford, they're in worse trouble, and that's what he's told them: stick to the process. And then, you know, he's made the adjustments. And second half, we've scored two really, really fine goals, and and it, it was great to see. And it's our sixth win in the Premier League away from home this year, which is that's, fantastic. It, Wonderful. That is crazy. I want to say, I think I saw a report. Maybe you can. Uh, confirm or deny this, that that is the most wins they've had in the Premier League on the road, Giannis? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. heard something like that. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Six, yes, it is. Six. Six. And none of them, and none of them, I mean, I think the best one might have been, um, well, Brighton away was excellent. Palace away was a thumping. Leeds United, Forest, um, Everton. I'm just trying to think who the other one Leicester is. City? Leicester City, yes. These are, these are not easy places to play. No. Um, which is which is good. Um, I think with uh, the unfortunate thing about what happened yesterday is that Dan James can't play against Leeds next week. I was going to ask you about that. We're going to talk about that later yeah. in the show, my friend, because as our friend Combs said, this yeah. it's something that we're going to have to uh, look at when we face Leeds. Does he go with this? Does he move the pieces of the puzzle around? Maybe he plays Harry Wilson in that role, BDR in that role, moves players around because I would like to see this again. I think you can use this formation again, but it is going to be a loss. Combs says we have to remember that there will be no mm -hmm. Dan James against Leeds United. Yep. And that is going to be a factor in what ultimately Marco does. Does he revert back and go back to Vinicius or does he go with what happened here and just move the pieces around Giannis? It's actually a very interesting side note to this match. I would take. Um, I would. I would actually. Um, I I'd keep it as it is now. Vinicius, interestingly enough, I thought when he, we came on for the couple of minutes, I think there was one ball. Ball he was played to his feet, and he held the ball up very well. He did. 
And I think that's really, really important. Um, he, you, as fans and as coaches, you need to know that what's been done on the training ground, you're learning from. And I think we've all been crying out with the fact he's very quick to lay the ball off first time. But more often than not, it's not working. You need somebody who's going to hold the ball up and it's going to drag defenders and allow midfielders to push. And I think that's a, that's one of the biggest differences between him and Mitro. So if that's not going to work, you really don't have a target man. So therefore, you've got to change the style. And we do have the pace and we do have the skill to, to play it around. If BDR plays in the false nine next week, right? I'm more than happy with that. And then James, James could come in for the game up at Villa Park, which we now know is going to be very, very difficult because they're very playing difficult. absolutely brilliantly right now. But... Um, you know, they're going to want to get us back because, you know, what was it? Three nothing early. It was Stevie G's last game. Paul and Munchkin. Um, but they're playing brilliantly. Um, but give them something different to look at. And I think the shackles should be off now. 42 points. Yep. That's what, don't worry about anyone else. Just go out and play. Um, and yesterday I thought, um, as we grew into the game in the second half, we, we looked like a team that was free. We looked like we were enjoying our football, and, and Everton huffed and puffed, but they really didn't create, create anything, even no. after the second goal. No, very good. I'm going to share this comment from Chris Mullins because we're going to be talking about the starting eleven in just a second. But while we're focusing on Dan James, we might as well talk about this. Chris shares Wilson and James have definitely provided; they deserve to be starting. Completely different attacking force from the last two games. I would totally agree with this. It's not just about one point. We'll talk about man of the match. It's going to be difficult for me because you have a few candidates. These two, I think, changed the game, Giannis. I think they were pivotal in this victory, and they offered something different that Fulham haven't had in the in attacking lately. Yeah, and, and let's not forget that Wayne has just put something about Solomon as a striking against Leeds. Let's not forget Solomon. Yep. Because William, you know, William is William has been absolutely superb. You put Wilson out wide on the right. But that means something has to give, and that means um, Solomon, and that's that's tough on him, because I don't think he's done anything particularly wrong. He's been the victim of the fact that Vinicius couldn't do the job, right? And that's you know it, it has um, it has a domino effect. It, it is a shame, but there's some options there, and um, you know Leeds is a game we should really look forward to, because they are in a little bit of trouble. Um, they've got to play. Uh, they're playing um, United tomorrow. Liverpool tomorrow. They're playing Liverpool tomorrow. And then they got to play us. And the bottom of the table is looking very fruity right now because um, Forrest and Leeds have been dragged right back in. Leicester are in real trouble. Right. And Southampton are doomed. So it's a big game for them. They'll feel they can get something down at the cottage. And we should just go out and play and have some fun. Totally agree. I'm calling this the revenge of Jesse Marsh if Leeds United get relegated. <laughs> so uh, I have also... Personally, because an American coach, I wanted to see American coach do well, and I thought he was uh, unfairly uh, sacked. That's just my feelings yeah, on it because that's just how I feel. So I actually do want Leeds United to get relegated, partially because of that. I, that really angered me, and I'm not a big fan of their supporters. Giannis, I think you'll second with me on uh, you wouldn't have any, uh, you wouldn't lose any sleep if Leeds United got relegated. No, though it'd be, wouldn't it be funny if Leeds got relegated and Millwall came up? <laughs> because because you could you could imagine. I mean, it, it's funny because if West Ham, if Leeds stayed up and West Ham stayed up and Millwall came up, you got three of the biggest hooligan forces right there. Those games would be worth worth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because yeah, that would wow. um, yeah. But but there you go. I mean, it's um, it's it's interesting. It gives us some, it finally gives us some options. We looked a little rudderless. Because we've not, we I think we were in a period of grief, and then we went into a period of mourning after the United stuff. I think right. we just, we just, um, and and let's not, let's not forget. I know it happened this week, but we needed that win because of the also because of the furor around the ticketing prices, which I'm still, I, I'm, I don't know what to, I. Giannis, I know it's a different show. Obviously, we already talked about, but. Feel free to share your thoughts on it. I know we're talking about this match, but you haven't had a chance to really share your views on it, so feel free to. Well, when I was growing up and going with the old man of Fulham games, one of the things about it is that you saw, you know, mums and dads and grandfathers and, and grandmums and 
it was always always a family atmosphere. It was always a, a wonderful ground to go to and lots of fun. I don't know how in hell the owners could believe or even think or contemplate that charging three thousand pounds for a season ticket is even remotely accessible, uh, acceptable or accessible. One of the things I thought was telling was the open letter from the Fulham Lilies uh, that came out. I think it was on Thursday. Yep, which said that you're not you're pricing you're also pricing girls out and you're pricing women out and um this is you know at the end of the day this is still entertainment and because the economic conditions in uk are not great you want to get as much bang for your buck as you can there are 12 london clubs and you could quite easily say well i'm not going to go obviously go to that lot down the road and i won't go to the, the ha-has but you've got lower league teams as well and you've got non-league teams that are very very good too and they'll charge you a quarter of the price and the food will be better and the atmosphere will actually be better. And so what if you don't see Arsenal because you know you're going to lose to them? So I think it's a poor move. I'm hoping that Khans take a really good look because as much as I respect the amount of money that they've spent, yep. don't take the proverbial out of your fans. The fans are the heart and soul of this club. And uh, we buy the kits every year. Yeah, We buy all the souvenirs, boom, boom, boom the programs, we, we watch the TV, we listen to the radio, we watch Gentleman, you know, listen to Gentleman Jim, and we're diehard. And I think to raise the prices, flip fans all over the stadium is 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 um is it's it's feeble and it's miserable and frankly it's grinchish. And um I hope that the can see sense and, and change the policy. I hope so too, Yanis. And listen, you and I both follow NFL teams and I'm just gonna share this as well. I said this on the show that we recently did. If you think that the cons, especially Shahid Khan, and again, he has poured a ton of money in the phone football club. Let's give him full credit for that. Oh, yes. But I do want to mention this because there are people out there that's, well, he, you know, he spent a lot of money, but you also have to remember, he might not be making much on phone football club, but Giannis, you will attest to this. He's making a killing off of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, mm -hmm. He does have the money. They do have the money. So let's just mention that. They do have the money. I don't want any excuses. If you want to give me FFP over the summer, there's probably a factor in there. But Fulham have the money to spend if they want to spend it. If they can, within FFP, spend it. Because I'm just saying that the owner does have money. He can spend it. He's already invested a lot of money in the Fulham Football Club. So for me... What this was, Giannis, and then we'll get back to talking about the match. It's about just treating it strictly as a business. I think what they're going to be doing, they're going to, they're pricing out the average fan and they're going to be looking for corporations to pick up the slack. That's just my opinion on that. I've seen it here. No, you don't think that's yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm nodding in agreement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I because, I I do. because I still think that that's where. They're going that someone's going to pay for it. And I think you're going to get corporate money coming in to foam and the average fan is going to get squeezed out. That's what I think what's going on. What also angered me was an 18 to 20% rise in ticket pricing for the rest of the ground. And I think that's just way too high. Anyways, I've already said that. Let's mm -hmm. move on. Let's focus on the match. But I definitely wanted to get your thoughts. And thank you for sharing that, Giannis. All right. Let's now talk about the starting 11. I got to be honest with you, Giannis, I did not see this coming. I was pleasantly surprised. I wanted to see if this could potentially work. What were your thoughts when you saw the starting 11? Same, same. I, I thought, um, you know, well, I think, I think, um, I don't know how much the Marco and the coaches look at the, you know, look at the social media postings and what have you. I, you know, we, we may never know, but Fulham fans have been pretty critical. Um, the goal, the winner against Chelsea can only buy you so much social capital, right? The fact is we lost Mitro for eight games. Don't get me started. Utterly ridiculous. Reprehensible. So who do you put in? Well, you you, you do have Vinicius as the plan B. But it, let's be honest, it's not worked. Um, so he's changed things up. I looked at it. I was miserable that Cedric came in for Teddy last week. Please, somebody I still don't me. understand that. Just, I, I don't know. Um, the Tosin thing, it's interesting the way he's worked with Tosin and, and Diop. But Tosin, I thought, was pretty good last week, and I thought he was excellent yesterday. And um, But then, what do I know? Next Saturday, he may, well, 
it's an early kickoff. He may put Diop in, but that's fine. Um, the rest of the team, well, you can't drop William. Wilson's you know, natural to go on the right, and you need someone who's going to give them problems. And you know, as, as I said, the combination of players are going to be playing at the back, in the middle. Then they're, they're very good in the air, but they're not so good to ground. We know that's one of the reasons Everton have struggled. So I like the lineup. Um, and I thought, okay, you know. But then I looked at their lineup, and I thought, well, I, I've got no idea what, what is going on. I really didn't. I, I no, it was um, Godfrey's not particularly quick. Mikalenko's always got a mistake in him. I've spoken about the other two. Right, they didn't have Anana. That was a big, um, a, um, a big deal. McNeil to me, I know he scored a goal, but massively over overrated. It won't be starting him on the right. It's miserable because he's a central player. Damari Gray will give you everything he's got, but Mope is one of the worst strikers in the league. He's awful, and people could talk about that the save that Leno made. But how does he miss from two and a half yards? And, and he had a 1v1 with him a few minutes later. He's right. a terrible striker. I don't even think... He's not, he's not championship quality. Forget Premier League. It's, it's, he's, he's a, a Brighton, he scored goals. But since he's gone to Everton, he's done nothing right. And he just... He looks a yard short. And he, he doesn't... He's not a thinker either. So to stick him out there, I thought was a sign of desperation by Sean Dyche. And it gave me hope that we'd get, we'd get something we get something out of this game and it turned out true. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's before we break down this match. I just want to share my thoughts on the starting 11 and uh, for Dan James to play up front. And I think this played itself out and then we'll focus on this as we break down both halves and the play of especially Dan James and Harry Wilson, Dan James, Giannis with the pace. And I kept hearing this on the broadcast, just terrorized the center backs it actually made sense to do this. It truly made sense for Marco to do this against the type of center backs that he was going up against because they just could not handle him, Giannis. No. And and um, some of the well, a lot of the criticism about Daniel, Daniel James is that he's really all shadow, no substance. You know, he, he um, he's a Welsh international. I, I always go back to Roy Keane used to say that um, anyone can play international soccer nowadays because there's so many poor teams and water down teams and, and what have you. Dan James has never been criticized for lack of pace. The problem when he was at Leeds United, is he was stuck all over the place. He was given a defined role this time. It was basically, um, you know what? You're going to go up front. You're going to give them absolute mayhem. Use what you do best. And I was delighted to see that he worked. I mean, I think the biggest, biggest indicator of his yep. performance, did he, did he last 90 minutes? Yes. Did he play 90 minutes? Yes, he did. And I thought that was that was excellent for him. I know there's an option at the end of the year. This is a sort of performance which, if he can supplement Villa on until Mitro comes back, will give food for thought. Is this someone maybe we can use as the plan B? Is this can can Dan James stick around? And um, he was one of a number of players I thought were outstanding yesterday. And his goal was 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 a little bit of luck when the ball when he cut. Right. Off Keane's backside, but what a cracking finish! And Pickford it takes a lot to beat Pickford, and I thought it was an excellent goal and and one that he thoroughly deserved. Okay, and what's good about this, Giannis? And I mentioned this in my five takeaways, especially these two players, picking them and playing them in the positions that they played in plays to their strengths. I think that's the way things worked out. I want to go back because when you look at the starting eleven, I think Jedi suffers. I hate to say it, when William doesn't play on the left, I think he is not the same player. Same yeah. thing. I'm glad that you mentioned Tete and Wilson working so well together. I think it's a partnership, and I think it allows players like Dan James, who's playing up front, to do what he has to do. And then Harry Wilson on the right, because he has someone like Tete behind him, play to his strengths. And I think Marco set his team up very well with the starting 11. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, um, Jedi, I thought, had an excellent game yesterday. He, he, he did. Four, yeah. And um, he and William are a really, really good com combination. And it really is the comp. You really got to look at five combinations of two on, on the outfield. And if you look on the other side, with the Wilson-Tate partnership worked really, really well. And it, there's got to be some synergy there. Wilson last year, we were used to the cutbacks from the right-hand side in the championship and, and the mayhem that he caused. But he's not, qu he's not quite looked the same since that injury. And he's not had, 
you know, he's not had as much playing time as he normally had. He's been playing for Wales and starting every game, but he's not looked quite right. And depending on the injury, sometimes it takes a while, you know, just to get back to where you were before if you get there. So I thought that this was a big game for Wilson, probably personally and for the club, because it showed the ability the, the ability he does, ha he does have. And, um, I mean, he had a shot, a weak shot in the first half that he should have done better with. But the, the, the chance to create the first goal was excellent. I mean, the cut back in, the decoy from Tete, Pickford's beaten all ends up and hits the post, comes back and, and, and you know, Harrison Reed did a good job, controlled it back of the net. But I think that you've got to rely on your full backs to do that. And that's why the Cedric decision last week was utterly miserable. Uh, I don't, I don't know why we got him. I, I, I really don't, I don't see the value in bringing in players in mid-season if you're not going to play them. Um, I, Cedric hasn't bought, like Kazawa is going to go back, did nothing. Um, Mbappu has done even less. I mean, it's it's not worked. So for me, um, it's been a, a, an odd signing and I was delighted to see Teddy back in because then that complements what Will Wilson can do on that side. And you're right about William. William is just such a great player. Such a great player. And thank God he's not the player he was at Arsenal because no. I, I remember saying to you, he was terrible at Arsenal. It's almost as like he didn't want to be there. Um, but we've got a rejuvenated uh, player right now, and that's that's good for our club. Okay, excellent. Coming up next in the second half of the show, Giannis and I are going to break down the match, talk about the goals, and we'll end with man of the match. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Okay, my friend, let's get to it. Let's talk about the first half. We'll start with a little bit of analysis and foam. Again, started out really strong, Giannis. I thought they looked like the better side at the beginning of the first half after Fulham's goal. It was uh, told by actually when I was watching it, the uh, commentators were talking about how Everton changed things up. Deitch changed his uh, players around a little bit. I think that changed things, led to the McNeil goal, and they were the better side for, I don't know, about 15, 20 minutes, and it, a half ends 1-1, one, one, but Honestly, Giannis, I think Fulham could have been up by more in the first half. I thought they were the better side overall, the better side in the first half. But uh, let's start off by just talking about Fulham's first goal. Again, it was a great strike by Harry Wilson. And we kept seeing how Fulham were taking advantage of Everton. It all led up to this, but it eventually gets to Harrison Reed. And thankfully, he gets the goal, my friend. Yeah, it was an interesting goal to watch because it stemmed from what looked like a clearance, a, a, a clearance come pass from Tosin. He, he sort of hit it, he hit it full in step. So it sort of, but it went along the ground. So I wasn't sure whether it was a clearance or pass. If it was part, a pass, it was brilliant because he found Harrison Reed. Then he's knocked it wide to Harry Wilson. And as soon as you see Tete make that run, you're thinking, okay. Cut in, cut in, cut in, and he did. It was a beautiful curling shot. And it wasn't an easy, it wasn't easy for Harrison Reed to bring it under control. And he just very calmly side footed, slotted it in. And I think <laughs> it's so funny because there's there's um there's footage of Harry Wilson with his hands on his head after right. uh, yeah, after the balls hit the post. But um Harrison Reed has scored a few goals for us this year, and this is one of the things Marcus Silva was talking about. He wants more goals from his midfield. You have to be able to contribute, and and Reed does that. Reed is the energizer bunny, all over the park. It was a it was it was against the run of play at that point, but I thought I thought we looked in control. I think it was, um, but the only thing that worried me was it was a little bit like the first half against Bournemouth, 
with the four, where we absolutely battered them. And they never looked like they were in it. And then it took, was it Tavernier getting a worldie to bring them back in the game? I thought, they're going to get one of those if um, if we're not careful. We've got to be vigilant here. We've got to learn from that game. Um, but it was nice to get the lead. Our, our fans, and by the way, mention to our fans, our fans were absolutely fantastic yesterday. Absolutely. God in heaven. They were having a right old time there. And we went, and I thought, okay, so now they're going to have to try and, you know, you got Mopay up front, for crying out loud. I mean, where are they going to where are they going to get an equaliser from? But it was a good goal. It was a good team goal, and it would have given us a lot of confidence. And we've had a tough last few weeks, let's be honest. And we need, you know, the players need some confidence. And it was a it was it was a good goal to uh, put us in the lead. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, Giannis, back over to you. Let's now talk about the equaliser from Everton. And um, what's interesting about this is that actually it started off. From uh, Paulinho, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, it, this is uh, not one of his better moments. And then it leads to the uh, Dwight McNeil goal. So, what's get your thoughts on this? Could the goalkeeper have done better? What, what are your thoughts about Fulham giving up this goal? Well, Paulinho had three of those moments yesterday, and I think if they look at the game tape, um, I hope Coach Marco is going to say, "Don't try those driving runs. You, that's not what you're good at." Um, he's he's big and strong. But he's, he's losing it in the centre of the park and then you run into trouble. And that's what happened there. I was disappointed in the goal, if only because McNeil scored it. I can't stand him. And <laughs> for some reason, he drifted into the middle. That's the sort of run I might have expected Iwobi to make, but not, not McNeil. And it's a, ni- it's a nice goal. I mean, he's taken a few steps and he's, he's, he's slotted it in. But defensively speaking, it's a miserable goal. And um, really, it came out of nothing. And again, that's a coachable moment. Polinia, look at him. Okay, did he have the option? Maybe he saw the gap, but he had two players converging with one as cover. Are you think? Do you think you're going to beat three players? No, you're not. So that's just um, that's that's um, that's a moment where he's going to, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic for us. But he had a few of those moments yesterday where he's got he's got to rectify them, to look to lay the bait, the ball off if he can. Nice goal for Everton, and you're thinking, okay. Is this going to be Bournemouth? But I didn't see anything to suggest they were going to create much else in the game. Whereas Bournemouth have, you know, they've had a renaissance with, you know, Billing and, and Solanke and Tavernier playing like world-class world players. Everton don't have that. Their fortes at home, they're terrible away, but they really don't create that much at home anyway. So I was disappointed in the goal, but I thought we had a chance of, of um, if we could get it to halftime, I thought, still thought we could nick it in the second half. Okay. Excellent stuff. And, uh, to Everton's credit, they were pushing for that second. They could not get the second goal. Mm. So it goes in at halftime, Giannis, 1-1. And we talked about this at the beginning of the show, but I want to focus a little bit about what might have been said at halftime because we saw a different form side in the second half. But when I look at this, let's mention this. Everton came out all guns blazing to begin the second half. We weathered a little bit of a storm. Then Fulham took complete control the rest of the game. The rest of the game, it was all Fulham. They had their moment out of the second half. I'm talking about Everton. But then it became all about Fulham, my friend. So what do you think Marco said at halftime? And then just give me your overall thoughts in the second half. We'll break down the goals coming up. I think I think he probably said stick to the process. We looked good at, in parts. Um, our speed is causing, causing them problems. We're playing well out wide. Don't do anything different. Don't get too cute. We're going to create chances. We've got, you know, we've got lots of pace up front. Don't make mistakes. I think he, I think he probably would have gone in satisfied at one-one, disappointed with the goal, but saying, you know, we're playing well enough, and and that's exactly how it worked. You know, it's it, um, there's no um, there's no need to panic. It just it just uh, and from upstairs he'd have seen, look, what did this team really have? What do they have that can hurt us? And the answer is nothing. They're, they're, um, you know, the table doesn't lie. They, they are where they are because they're not very good. And um, they're, you know, I, I I was disappointed we drew with them earlier this season at the cottage. Um, I thought we were a better side than them then. But but they just, they have nothing to frighten you with. Calvert-Lewin, if he played, would have caused problems because he's very good in the air. But that apart, now. Nah. So stick to the process. And I thought we did in the second half. Um, we we scored two very good goals, 
they didn't really create a lot. And um, the thing with Goodison Park is when things are going south, the it's one of the quickest fan bases to get touchy. And especially in the predicament they're in right now, uh, when we scored the second, yep. um, they were starting to get a little miserable and frustrated. And I still say that, that Sean Dyche looked at the fixture list for the rest of the season and went, oh, well, this should be an easy five, three points. They've lost five on the spin. They, to me, approached it all wrong. They didn't fight for their lives like I've seen in previous games. They didn't. There wasn't the same hustle for me. And um, and you can't take anyone lightly in this division. If you do, you get burnt. And that's what happened to them. So serves them right. Um, and we were a better t- team in the second half. Okay. So let's now focus on that second goal, Giannis, that gave Fulham the lead and obviously was the uh, difference in the match. We'll talk about the third right afterwards, but let's talk about the second goal. This was what I would call a team goal. I think you're going to agree with me on this. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Harry Wilson gets the goal, but it had to do with many more players than just himself, but great strike by him. But let's just talk about the whole goal as as a whole, I guess you could say, because it really was a team goal. The Tete cross, delicious. The knockback by William, outrageous. Um, and 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 that's and that's such intelligent play. He's known that seconds before he's he's knocked it back. And you could see if you look at the picture, the, 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 what was then the back five in, 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 at Everton, they were all over the shop. And there was a lovely lovely run by Harry Wilson. He steadied himself, and Pickford had no chance. It was a superb team goal. And again. For me, you know, when you've not played in the lineup, confidence might be low, but what a got getting a goal can do is huge. And you could see Wilson had played well up to that point, but that goal just took him to another level, and it was great to see. And he's actually, uh, I got to say, he's played pretty well for Wales, and has uh, so has Dan James. But then, and I'm going to be cynical here, probably because they're playing. You know, right. they're, they're, they're getting playing time. It, it can't be easy for them. Um, the whole thing about that move, Tete was brilliant the whole year of the game, but that William knockback was just outrageous, outrageous. Just it's just you can't buy quality like that. That was that was him from his Chelsea days, right. his Halcyon days there, where he was terrorising defenses. It was calm, it was cool. He knew the runs were coming. Somebody was going to get on the end of it, and Wilson's finish was was, was simple but sublime. And um, at that point, I thought it's game over. They're not coming back, just because you hear the you could hear the boos, you could see people exiting, yep. you know. And um, you're thinking, well, um, this would be a really good three points, but if we can get a third one, even better. And it and and it sets us up for the last um, the last eight games. And uh, I think the, just the calmness of the move, starting from the right, flip to the left, back, boom, yep. was fun to watch. It was a really nice team goal. Okay. So now let's focus on the third goal. And what's interesting about this, and again, they took it quickly. And if Everton's not ready, that's on Everton. Who cares? But they, again, started it quickly, goes to Dan James. And this, to me, epitomized what Dan James was doing against those center backs because they could not handle him. And he scores... A goal, and I think it's a well-deserved goal, Giannis, to make a three to one. Oh, is it ever? Is it ever? That's because when the ball the ball's been knocked to to the to the right to, to Pickford's left, and you've got Tarkovsky and Keane tracking, and so you saw as the ball near the way that James was shaping to cut to the left, you saw that the first touch was going to come inside. But that's a very, very difficult thing to do. And as I said earlier, he had a little, he had a little bit of luck. It's come off Keane's backside. But what I love about what James did is he hit it on the half. He didn't think. He just hit it. And, uh, you know, when I used to coach, I used to say that when you take shots, it's not the hardest shots. It's the speed of the execution of the shots. The ball that comes in the box where you hit it on the volley or the half volley or the shot where the keeper can't get set or the defenders can't get into to position, those are the killers. And that's what James did. No keeper would have stopped that. It was a brilliant, brilliant goal. And you could see the delight on the delight on Dan James's face. It's a relief for him, and it's great for the team. And it's and it's it's. It, I, I mean, if you're in a squad and you've got players that haven't played, 
you're happy because you play, but we're human and, and you do feel as a teammate, support and empathy for those who've not been able to play for whatever reasons. Right. When you see them can contribute and score goals, it does feel great. It does. It, it, you know, when you celebrate that goal, it does mean a little bit more. And and I'm sure that, you know, Mark and the coaches will be really, really pleased here. And I hope it gives our, our owners, as you said earlier, quite rightly, we've got, you know, the owners have a lot of money and some big decisions to make this summer. And with three relegated teams going down and, you know, you we, we can be, we're going to be one of the vultures. We're going to be looking around for players we can pick up because me, most of these players are going to be on relegation clauses, which means that the um, their contracts might be, you know, the pay might drop by half, you know, by half. Uh, they don't want to play in the championship again, you know, a way to, um, who could it be? It might be Plymouth Argyle eh? or Ipswich Town. Um, right. They don't want to play those teams. So th this is important in terms of making it more difficult to make decisions. Um, and if it gives the club, you know, a little bit of an issue, what do we do with Dan James? That's a good thing. And now he's on a, a, a proper audition. The Leeds game apart, we've got some interesting games coming up until Mitchell comes back. That's right. And he's going to, and I mean, Wilson's safe for next year. But James is an intriguing one. And maybe they'll go, you know what? We've seen enough. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if he's worth keeping around. And, and I think because we know players we're going to lose, um, and that's fine. Um, but we need to build up. It's a very, very important summer for us. And this, these performances are really good in terms of evaluation because we're not deep enough. We're nowhere close. No, Giannis. Uh, I think Fulham need a lot for next year. So I think you have to look at everything. And uh, if Dan James continues to perform, you have to consider it. I can't believe we're saying that now, but if this is just mm -hmm. him finally getting into gear and we're seeing the true player that he is, I want to say we saw it against Manchester United, a glimpse of it, but we saw it on full display against Everton, and it was good to see. So I would not be surprised if we see more performances like this from Dan James, and that would be good for Fulham Football Club. It's good for him. It's good for everyone overall if he performs well. So let's just say that. Big time. Okay, okay my friend, to end the show, let's go to man of the match. And if you're watching live, Feel free to share your thoughts on who was man of the match. Giannis, there are several candidates here. So who was your man of the match? Well, you're going to be delighted to know, and I know everybody's going to be delighted to know this, that <laughs> it, that, sorry, Floyd, not today, mate. I can't vote for you today. Um, you were brilliant in your absence. Wow. There are so many players. Um, I thought Harry Wilson was excellent. I thought Dan James was excellent. I, I really thought collectively our back four was excellent. Um, I thought long and hard about this, but to me, it's going to go to Harrison Reed. I, 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 one of the things that Marco Silva challenged him to do this year was to push up a lot more and to contribute with goals. And if you watch his play off the ball, it was outstanding and we needed it because I don't think Palina wasn't really at the races yesterday but Harrison did a, gr a great job of cover and, and anybody that's played the game will tell you that the toughest position on the field is always going to be the center midfield it's always because when the defenders are in trouble where's the, where's the midfield if you're not creating chances where's the midfield and Harrison Reed has been immense this year and um and that's testament to the number of players that I mentioned yeah. who I thought were superb yesterday. There's so many great performances. But Harrison Reed was just just uh, um, utterly epic. And he he's our little ginger in the Esther. And can I just say that, you know, uh, I was talking to my wife last night. And she said, you know, eight games to go. What's the one game you're looking forward to? Oh, I know which one it is for me. Oh, and I know which one it is. What's yours? Manchester United. Same. <laughs> that that's going to be a you, you do not tune out of that one. That's going to be a doozy. You don't think that our boys are going to go out there frothing? That is that is going to be a, a badass nasty game. This game game is important because it's going to go have given us a big big lift. And I think you know the flavor of the team is often epitomized by Harrison Reed because this little fella runs around like a you know like a um 
um, like a knobby styles, right. you know, and, and I thought yesterday was so exemplary. I'm delighted to see you scored a goal. So and no disrespect to the others. Cause I, I, to me, Palinia apart, I don't think anybody didn't play brilliantly, but for me, Harrison gets the nod. Okay. Before I share my man of the match and some comments, we have other phone supporters sharing their man of the match. I want to ask you about the resurgence of a certain player and what do you make of it? Tosin. Tosin has now come back for Diop, and I wouldn't have done this. I would, I, If I was Marco Silva, I would have stuck with Diop because I don't know how much Diop has done wrong. But he has now gone back to Tosin, Giannis. What are your thoughts on this? I'm okay with this because I think they've they've now played or close to equal number of games, and I think there's a can we can we laugh at the fact that the one intangible has been the fact that Tim Ream is Tim Ream still there still there. Yep. Um, no, I, I think you've got to have competition in every place, and Mark has talked about having two spots in every place. Uh, I think it's great. I mean, the, I don't know if you've seen the rumors last 48 to 72 hours are saying that more or less the deal is on that we're going to get Ola Aina back. I saw that. No, I think that would be brilliant because he thought he was one of the few players that season that played really well. He was like, I was watching the Wolves game yesterday um, against Brentford and Mario Lamina. Like, oh, I'd love to have him back in the club. Like, he was super for us. I know, I know there's that competition, not Tete and Cedric, but Tete and Aina would be really good competition. Diop, yeah, I agree. Diop and Tosin as well. That left side, well... But it's going to be interesting for next season. You know, what's Ream, what can Ream give us? You know, they're going to have to look for that left-sided centre-back. Um, you've got to look to see if there's somebody you can bring in. Um, there are going to be some candidates with the players that have been relegated because you've put them in a different system. As You found out with Ben Mee. Ben Mee at Burnley looked like the rest of them. But you put him in the Brentford lineup, and all of us, he's had a fantastic year for them. And that's just proof positive you can take players from relegated teams who might have struggled where if you put them in the right system with the right coach, they, they suddenly thrive. He's as good an example as any. We'll get someone like that. But the Diop um, Tosin thing is brilliant. Brilliant competition. That's what you That's what you want. That's that's a, a, a highlight of, of really good teams is where you've got, you know, look at what City did yesterday. You know, they bring Holland off at halftime with Stones. Right. I mean, I, mean I, know, I, know, I know that's an extreme, but I mean, that's the sort of quality you want in terms of your strength and depth. So I think it's it's good that that um, Tosin and um, Diop are, are doing the, getting the fight, and then hopefully, the, the, I think they'll be back next year, and that'll and that'll be good in terms of adding to our strength and depth. Okay, I have to share this comment from Chris Goodwin. I think Marco should target Floyd Aite as a summer signing. That would make Giannis very happy. Yeah, but I would, <laughs> yeah, well, actually, well, you know, um, well, that's interesting. But I, you know what, uh, Chris is absolutely right because I think there is a place for Floyd uh, in this squad. And if you need two players in each position or two bodies in each position, I think he'd be the perfect backup to Billy the Badger. I, I, if, if, if Billy A isn't feeling well, then Billy B comes in. And Billy B has to be Floyd. I, he'd be, I think he'd be brilliant. Okay. okay. He wouldn't right. even be as quick as Billy A, but right. he'd be the nonetheless. Okay, excellent. All right, I'm going to share some comments from the phone supporters of Man of the Match. we got Black, White, and Fred. Wilson, Man of the Match. Dan James and Tosin, also both great. Let's see. Chris, of course, is going with, with an ex-Liverpool player. Mm. Player of the Match, Harry Wilson. Any ex-Liverpool player who scores against Everton gets the award from me. I understand that. Wayne Walden goes for Harry Wilson, Man of the Match. And uh, I understand that. I'm actually going to go with Harry Wilson. I'm going to go with Harry Wilson. I think I was thinking about going with Dan James, but I think Harry Wilson offered even a little bit more. And I could very happy that he's back looking like the player we saw last season. And I think if he's able to play to his strengths and has someone behind him, like you mentioned, Giannis, that compliments him, Tete, lets him do what he needs to do. We might see more of this from Harry Wilson. That was the best I've seen him play in, in such a long period of time. It actually reminded me of his first match against with Fulham, Giannis, going way back to last season. We're like, wow, we might have something here with Harry Wilson mm -hmm. when we're in the championship. That's what it reminded me a little bit of. So I think that's was significant to me. That's why I'm going with Harry Wilson as man of the match. All right, that's great a fair stuff. Choice. 
fair choice. He had a super, he had a super game. He did super game. And I, I, I'm glad he stuck around. Unlike you know, um, you know, there was the Nico Williams thing. <laughs> Remember the second half of last year, goes to Nottingham Forest with the four thousand players, and um, not hey, getting enough playing time. You know, good so. luck to Nico Williams. It doesn't always work out. As no. we know, the grass isn't always green. I know people don't like me keep mentioning Fabio and Chris. He ain't playing, Chris. He's not even on the bench, Chris. What's going on, Chris, as you're watching the show? Because I would take Fabio back in a heartbeat, not on loan. I would have Fulham buy him back because I don't see his future at Liverpool. They're going to look to upgrade that midfield, and he's not really a player up front. Sorry, he's a midfielder. That's where he should be. So I would definitely get him back to Fulham, and uh, that's just my opinion. I don't think the grass is always greener, so... When I think of certain players, and I love Fabio at the club, and I would love to see him back, even though I know many have moved on from him. They're like, no, you're basically, paraphrasing, kind of dead to them. I, I get it, but I would take him back. That's what I would do. All right, my friend, excellent show. Final thoughts before we wrap this up. I agree with you about Fabio. I, I do. I mean, he's only a kid, and if he's ill-advised, it's, it's, it's not necessarily his fault, although he had to make the right decision. Just make you excited about the prospects of next year. I, I would any Fulham fans spend 50 60 to get Ward Prowse in? Would would they would, would you know would you would you do it? You know, there's going to be there are going to be some very good players out there, and it doesn't have to be the, the Chelsea spending 84 billion pounds. No. It's about you know, players also are smart enough to go to teams where they will fit in and they can really con contribute to a system that's going to work for them. And Fabio would be able to do that. And um, and I see that Arsenal have choked again. They so did, they my friend. <laughs> they did. As we're doing the show, it's actually on my screen. I didn't <laughs> say anything, but I'm looking at the response from the Arsenal players. And uh, yeah, they were up 2-0. Same thing. And it ends 2-2. So uh, I actually think Arsenal are going to win the title, but uh, they are having some little... Um, Growing pains, we'll call it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They are, they are. I guess you could say maybe choking a little bit. You could use. Yeah, that they're term. a year. Russ, I think they're a year away. I know. I think. Yeah. I, I think next year. I. I. I think the Arsenal will win it next year. I. I think you look at the level of experience that they do have. Yep. It is good, but they they've got some. You know, as they when you found out, you know bringing in Zinchenko and Jesus, you've got good experience. They need a couple more players yeah. because you look at the Sackers and Martinelli's. And the, the youth that they've got, they're a really fun team. I think they're just a year this year. It'll be good for them. It'll be good. It'll be good. City have all the new and what have you. Arsenal have money and they'll bring in they'll bring in the right players. But um I, I don't know if you watched that first 20 minutes. I did. Arsenal battered them. Absolutely destroyed. And I thought this was gonna be a route, to be honest with you, because it shows how good they can be. But there's something else going on. There's another side of this that Either they take the foot off the gas or they just, I don't know. I, are they just getting complacent during these matches and letting a team back in? I, I can't put my finger on it. But for those first 20 minutes, I'm glad that you mentioned that. They were just oh. insanely good. And yeah, that know. to me, some of the passing was just unbelievable. If you get a chance, watch the highlights, especially the beginning of this match. I'm glad Giannis brought this up because you got to marvel at this. It's some stuff that you would see from Man City, but I actually prefer watching Arsenal play because I think they, I don't know, there's something special about this team. You might be right. It's a four-point difference, but there's a game in hand for Man City. We'll see how it all plays out. But Arsenal is a team that's going to be uh, well-suited, not just for this season, but for the future. All right, Thank my you. friend. Great show. Hurrah. Great show. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other forum supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For my co-host, Yana Shanaes, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. 
See McDonald's.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.